Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology and free shipping on everything. Again, that's dell.com slash deals. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. You know, I think that's what this offseason's been about. Jay Glazer said he still wants out. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, NBA columnist for The Athletic, Sam Amick. Coming up, ESPN NFL analyst, Louis Riddick. Actor, Ray Liotta. Colts defensive tackle, DeForest Buckner. Plus, actors, Martin Sheen and Luke Wilson. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of this Friday show on the air, 844-204-RICH. Number to dial on NBC Sports on Peacock. This Rich Eisen show, terrestrial radio affiliate, Sirius XM Channel 211, Odyssey. We're streaming live uh, and for free every single day for your ear gate, coast to coast. We're on YouTube, at Rich Eisen Show, on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. We are unavoidable. Soon to be coming to TikTok. Sorry, TJ Jefferson, that's going to happen. <laughs> Next week, my 12-year-old son, Xander, who's out of school, will be calling into the show and telling you why we should be on TikTok. That's going to happen. <laughs> I think I can book him. Uh, how are you, Chris Brockman? Good to see you over there. Great. Great. Mr. Feller is in hey. for Mike Del Tufo, who's somewhere doing something. Um, and uh, we've got a lot to get to on this show. DeForest Buckner of the Indianapolis Colts calling in an hour number three. And then two stars of a new uh, football uh, film called 12 Mighty Orphans, uh, starring Luke Wilson as the coach. And um, based on the that famous book by Jim Dent, based on a true story, plays the the role of Rusty Russell, who's largely credited with creating the spread offense. Wow. And um, his uh, assistant coach, played by Martin Sheen. They're zooming in together. Ray Liotta of the new Soderbergh film, No Sudden Move, is joining us in 20 minutes' time, so you don't make any sudden moves. Joining us right here on the show is one of our favorite guests from the worldwide leader in sports in the Monday Night Football booth and one of the best voices talking football on TV is Lewis Riddick back here on the show. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm better for talking to you. You always make me smarter. I enjoy our chats. I say that right up front. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I'm, well, I'm, I don't know about all that, Rich. I love it. Well, you know, one, yeah, of my fav- talks, man. one of my favorite coaching cliches is I don't have a crystal ball, which means you don't either. But mm-hmm. h- how do you see the next six weeks in the Packers-Aaron Rodgers saga playing out, Lewis? Yeah, I think I think Aaron's going to be doing a whole lot of what he was doing just the other day, which is hanging out, maybe having a, you know, maybe making a few statements now and then to some of his buddies in uh, in media, playing some golf. And the Packers better be doing exactly what they're doing right now, which is trying to figure out how to make sure Jordan Love is ready to go because 
Rich, the more this goes, the more I, I, I just uh, I see that the pa- the Packers have kind of dipped into the petty pool, as I like to say. Like they want to go back and forth and have these, and you know, and, and Mark Murphy in particular. I shouldn't say the Packers. This really just seems a Mark Murphy issue. Wants to make these comments about Aaron. Aaron's not going to sit back and take that lightly, so he's going to make as many comments as he needs to in retaliation. It just seems like a a situation that's going nowhere fast. And I think getting all the way back to the why, the why we're even here in the first place, I think it's because of this kind of thing that we're seeing playing out right now, which is a failure to communicate, a breakdown in a relationship. It's really not – it doesn't seem to be any more simple, I mean, any more complicated than that. And it's not, it doesn't shock me. I've seen it happen before in my time, both as a player and in front office. When communication breaks down, especially when you're talking about star players, man, that's just not a good recipe for for uh, for healthy relationships in today's day and age because players are demanding more and more. Player empowerment has become the norm. It's not the exception anymore, especially with the top upper echelon players. And it's going to be that way across all sports. Football couldn't avoid it. It just couldn't. I mean, all we do in our profession now, let's talk about how the game is better and it's better for us to talk about when quarterbacks are at the center or the centerpiece of the discussion. Well, here you have one who's a lock to be a Hall of Famer and you've got someone at the highest levels of an organization getting into like a, a petty little like fight with him. Uh, well, I shouldn't say a petty fight because this is a big-time fight, but someone who right now can't seem to kind of manage a a communication breakdown in an adult-like manner. And that's just uh, that's disappointing, but it's going to stay in the news. We're going to continue to talk about it, but it's going nowhere fast. Well, the question is, is the question is, is if the communication from Green Bay at some point has been, and I'm sure we can agree that it has been, the question has been posed, what do you want? What do mm-hmm. you want? And the question, mm-hmm. the answer that might come back is something that the Packers can't literally or figuratively give. The literally thing is turn back time. They can't do that. Yeah. We can't, we can't yeah. get into the football DeLorean and set the time yep. and date for the 2020 NFL draft. Can't do that. Um, also can't get back in the DeLorean and set the time for uh, this past winter when potentially, if this did in fact happen, that the Packers did put a contract on the table for Aaron to sign uh, as an extension, but did not give the terms and the dollars that would force them to make a move with Jordan Love after mm-hmm. Rodgers is done with the gig. Can't go back in the DeLorean and do that if that pissed off Rodgers mm-hmm. either. Can't go back in the DeLorean and fix the Jake Kumaro situation. Can't do that. Yep. But so yep. so, and and they're not going to fire Gutekunst if that is in yep. fact what Rodgers wants. They're not going to do that. What, mm-hmm. what? So what? What? What is it like? What? What? What is I think, what is it? I think the, the only thing that I think inevitably what's going to happen here is he's just he's not going to be there. He's just not, and I, I don't think, you know, I don't necessarily think he wants to get in. And I like that. I mean, I don't think he wants to get into Delorean and that being Aaron. I think sometimes, Rich, it just gets personal. It just gets to the point where you just say with someone or something, "I'm done with it. I'm done. There's nothing. I don't want to talk about it anymore. I don't." Because quite honestly, while this was while it was happening, while the breakdowns were happening, you didn't want to talk. You made your bets. You forecasted the you forecasted the future in a way that obviously turned out to be wrong. And in this case, they thought Aaron was turning down Hill after the 2019 season. They thought that he had already crested the mountaintop, and it was all downhill after that. And he has said many times that. He threw a monkey wrench into their plans with the 2020 season that he had. He just did. He screwed up the whole timetable for them. 
they thought they could get another year out of him, and then they would be able to usher in the Jordan Love era. And it would be nice and smooth. And they would control it. And he threw and he messed it all up for him. And you know a guy like that, he doesn't want anybody controlling anything. He'll tell you when he's done. He'll tell you when it's ready to, when it's time to move on. He'll tell you when the relationship is over. That's just how he's wired. I don't, I don't have any problem with that. I mean, I get it. You know, I've always said, look, egos don't bother me, man. Everybody at this level, at the highest levels, or whatever you're doing, has the egos. But they had a different agenda than he does. That's the problem. It's agendas that, that blow this kind of thing up. And I think he is just going to ride this thing out. He's going to lose a, mon- a lot of money. Yep. And the Packers don't have to do anything. If you want to look at it from their standpoint, they don't have to do anything but get their team ready. The inflection points are when the season starts and then the trade deadline. And then after that, it's the draft next year. Those are the those are the three key inflection points that Aaron is staring at right now. So what 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 about Rodgers? Because again, the the other thing the Packers aren't going to do is trade him now and allow right. allow Rodgers to improve for mm-hmm. the team that acquires him the draft choice that the Packers will have to accept right mm-hmm. now in a trade. They're not going to do that either. Right. So, right. but if we waved a wand and just said, you know, the Packers decided to say, screw it. This is just not worth it. It's not worth it. He's a complicated fellow. Let's give the complicated fellow what he wants. What, what team would actually provide Rodgers with the 2021 lightning in a bottle that Brady enjoyed that might have also added to the agita to this mix? What? I, I really do think based on, you know, the, the stuff that you hear when you put your ear to the ground that, Maybe maybe Denver could do that. Just think of the weaponry that they have, the improvements they made on the offensive line, the people, you know, who they have running the football, and then the weaponry they have on the perimeter, along with a defensive-minded head coach who can scheme it up and play top-ten defense on a consistent basis in Coach Fangio. And you have a GM right now who clearly, from all indications, is very interested in what's going on with Aaron. And see, and, and is very interested in talking if the Packers really do want to talk. And why? I mean, why wouldn't? I mean, that's a, I mean, that, that's a legacy type of franchise out there. That's one of those pillar type of franchises that has been a destination spot for many players for a long time. Now, obviously, they don't have the same, they don't come with the same cachet as they have in the past because they haven't had the same success on the field. But the Denver Broncos, look, that that's a team that makes you sit up and go as a player, hey. This is one of those this is one of those franchises that demands respect that has my respect that I I need to really investigate and, and look at here as, as being a place that I would want to go to if you're a guy like Aaron Rodgers especially again considering what he would have to work with out there and he can make all the difference in the world with that young receiving core and that young nucleus especially on the offensive side Mon- I think that's exactly what they need Monday a guy night, like him Monday Night Football's Lewis Riddick here on the Rich Eisen Show Ron Rivera said today that Ryan Fitzpatrick who knows he could be the starter here for uh, for a bit he he used the words for a while he could be the guy mm-hmm. here for a while do you think we have an opportunity with the way that that team is molded on defense and the weapons that they do have mm-hmm. um, that he that that uh, you know that he could actually have a late career renaissance similar to uh, what we're seeing elsewhere in sports. He mentioned obviously Brady and uh, Rivera mentioned Brady and Phil and you know obviously Rich Gannon could be another one, right? Sure. From back in the sure, day yeah, with Gruden. I, mean, I think it's with Ryan. It's never about can he give you certain snapshots of greatness, and he's done that. 
it's the consistency. And look, consistency of performance, as you know, is the difference between being a starter and a backup. The difference between being a starter and a superstar, a Hall of Famer. It's can you maintain that level of performance over and over and over, year after year after year. Ryan can do it for five, six games, which really is the quintessential definition of a backup if you were to read an NFL scouting manual. A guy who can fill in for four or five games, hold down the fort until the regular starter comes back. And he'll probably win you three or four games, three of those four games, keep you above 500 in the time that he needs to play. So for Ron to say, look, he could be our starter for a while, well, he hasn't proven he can do that at any of the stops he's been at in his career. That being said, I think Washington's the favorite in the East. Easily, to me. And people go, you're crazy. It's got to be Dak. Look, it's Dak and it's Zeke and it's the weapons, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, look, one through 52, I don't have any issues with the Redskins roster. The issue, if, there, if you want to call it an issue, is can Ryan sustain performance well enough to where they're a 10-win, 11-win uh, football team? Because if they can get that out of him where he doesn't cost them games, at the very least he doesn't cost them games, Washington is a problem because they are built to win early, middle, late season and be able to win in the postseason because of how they're strong up front, they're strong down the middle, They've added weaponry on the outside that now can beat you with big plays and or a ball control type of offense. And you know their front four up on defense will come and hunt your quarterback down if they have a lead. And they're building up the secondary to where it looks much better as well now, especially with the addition of William Jackson and free agency. In the two minutes Washington, I have... Washington's for real. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with you. In the two minutes that I, I have left here, um, it's not the passing game coordinator's job to announce a starting quarterback, but what you make of Brian <laughs> Schottenheimer and Jacksonville's comments that it's too early It's too early to name a starting quarterback in Jacksonville? Man, I, don't, I don't know why coaches do that kind of crap, man. I really don't. Like, like, I'd love to know what Urban said to him, like either before he went out there... <laughs> To talk to the media or after? I'd love to know what he said. Like, what, what's wrong with you, man? I mean, what do you mean? This isn't a competition. I came, Urban came back to the NFL to coach this guy. <laughs> he came back to the NFL because this guy would be available. Not because Gardner Minshew would be there. <laughs> to beat I mean, him that, out. To beat him out or give Gardner a shot. It, give exactly. Gardner a shot. I mean, you know what? See, that's what I'm saying. See, that's what, that's what gets media people <laughs> salty and testy. Like. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, they, now they want to start poking at you because it's like, stop BSing me, man. Don't, don't, don't do that. That's insulting me right. as a professional, and it's making you look dumb by doing that. And I like Brian, but hey, I, I don't know. Maybe he was told to say that. I hope not. But I don't know. So again, it's, kind of, it's funny. It's not. It's not a wide open spot for for me now. Now I got to see if if it's a wide open spot that Minshew could take. Now I definitely want to see him on Hard Knocks. Now I definitely no want to see doubt. him. You know. No doubt. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, that's yeah. just, you know, coach. That's the very definition of coach speak that we don't need, man. Lewis, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Ha- have a good summer. Let's chat. Uh, let's chat dress before training camp. Let's do it. No question. Thanks, Rick. You got it. That's Lewis Riddick at L Riddick ESPN. I follow him. He's a must follow. Fantastic. <laughs> so I guess I'm safe if anybody's sending me any article of clothing for me to eat. I would Later on probably this year. say I mean, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, ninety nine. I can even come up with a different way, a more a more palatable way to say this ain't happening. Than say, I'll just send me any article of clothing with your swamp ass or whatever, and I'll eat you it. You want to spend twenty four <laughs> hours at Waffle House? Could do that. What a great thread that was. <laughs> if we have time today. We'll talk about it. But we well, yeah, we do. Later on this hour, yeah, we'll set that.
And then I'll give you my two cents on the Washington football team. But Ray Liotta is going to join us next. Oh, baby. The Emmy Award-winning actor from Goodfellas. And now, no sudden moves coming up. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. And I should know, they kept my car on the road, and they do it with a smile on their face. They offer friendly service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. And that comes in so welcome when your car needs to be put back together, and they do it with a smile so you know you're being taken care of. They got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And guess what? You should not miss Power Torque Tools DIY days at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Power Torque hand tools come in with a lifetime guarantee. And right now, you can save big on Power Torque hand tools, power tools, jacks, and more. Get great deals on a wide range of Power Torque jacks and jack stands, including two-ton jack stands and up to three-and-a-half-ton floor jacks. Let the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts help you find the right power torque tools for your next DIY project. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What was it like shooting that scene with Joe Pesci, the fame scene about I'm a clown, I'm yeah, amused yeah, you? Guy. Did you at some point, when you were in the middle of that, think he is potentially being serious with me at any point in Well, time? what happened is we were doing rehearsals. and We had two weeks rehearsals, which is unheard of for a movie. That happened to Joe. So he were, we were just talking, and Joe mentioned about this experience that he had at, at, at a, a restaurant in Queens, and he said something to the guy, and and that's, uh, you know, he said, oh, you're a funny guy. And the guy turned on him, and then only to be a joke. And Marty really liked that idea and thought, you know, it would be great because I think it happened. I haven't seen I've only seen the movie twice. That's it? Yeah. So it, I, uh, I think I've it happened. I've done that in a night, by the way, Ray. You what? I've seen it twice in a single night in my life. <laughs> really? Yes. Wow. That's nice. Yes, I'm sorry. and I'm not the only one. I mean, can you do my lines? Uh, which scene? What do we got? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. You didn't think I'd give you that answer? No, I didn't. I, didn't. <laughs> I can come back on you and say prove it, but uh, then uh, where was I? So you were saying about the the Pesci scene, the the clown oh, so scene. We, so he told that story. Yeah, and then we. Uh, so Marty said, all right, why don't you guys just try to improv it? So we, you know, for a few times, we went back and forth, and then Marty started shaping it, and then uh, he said, all right, this is how I like it, and then we put it in stone, then it, then it became part of the script. And then we only improv we did it a couple times, and then at the end, it got quiet, but Marty didn't turn off the camera, and then I said, you know, you really are a funny guy, and that's when he got up and did the gun, and so that was uh, kind of uh, made up on the spot. That was ad-libbed, where you say, yeah, you know what, yeah, you are yeah, a funny yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. I mean, I Thanks. could speak to you about this all absolutely the whole night. I mean, That's I could nice. actually do that. I'm sure you must. Do you get that a lot? Certainly walking around maybe in New York City specifically. Yeah. Or, yeah. 
a you lot of people that come up. What happens now, which is, I was just, at my, my, my daughter who's 16, her friend plays lacrosse. So I like to go watch her friends play. And I was, I was watching the lacrosse over at, uh, at Pally High, and uh, an 11-, 10-year-old kid came up to me and said, I really love Goodfellas. <laughs> I said, whoa, what kind of parents do you have, dude? That's, like, just not right. Maybe the Hills yeah, could be Henry and Karen Hill. Could have been. <laughs> you know? All different ages, though, come up now, so... It's, nice. It truly is uh, incredible. It's one of those two where I just flip it on. And I've got it. No matter where I pick it up, it's a, a, a dropping of the remote and clearing of the schedules just to end it. Oh, man. That was six years ago. First time that Ray Liotta appeared on this show in studio. And he's about to join us once again right here on the Rich Eisen Show here on NBC Sports on Peacock. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for that old school segment on our program and everything else. Our full archives are right there. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show on our radio broadcast, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. We just showed uh, for our Peacock-only segment the last time Ray Liotta was on the show um, six years ago in studio. And uh, we have a, I have a, a Goodfellas movie poster in the green room that I got at an auction, a charity auction at a golf tournament literally 20 years ago. And uh, he signed that along with Scorsese and Pesci and De Niro. And he came out and said that his signature was fake. (laughs) Fugazi. Oh, my God. And now he's back here on the show, the man who played Henry Hill. And, by the way, Shoeless Joe Jackson, one of the greatest sports movies of all time, Field of Dreams, the Emmy Award-winning actor who is in the new Soderbergh movie, which always has me at hello. Then you see the cast that's surrounding this man, Don Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, John Hamm, Kieran Culkin, Brendan Fraser, Bill Duke, and Ray Liotta, who's back here on the Rich Eisen Show. How are you, sir? How you been? Good, and you? Did you put the poster back up? <laughs> I put the poster back up. Uh, it's got your new signature on it with the old one crossed out that you uh, just like, you know, uh, t- with your initials uh, on it. It's up on the wall. Damn straight it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, including the, right. the, the where, where you bashed it with a hammer to try and open it up back in the day. Uh, we put the glass back up. Ray, you right. are immortalized, immortalized here in this studio, no All doubt. Right, good, good. It'll be worth more money now. I love Bash. it. How have you? How's everything? How you been? Life's good for you, Ray. Good. Yeah, can't complain. I mean, after the past year that we had, right? There was a lot of rest and relaxation, whether you wanted it or not. But now things are picking up and working away this movie no sudden boom did you guys work where yeah, we, yeah we've been on the air uh pretty much um you know last year uh during the pandemic didn't talk much sports obviously but now you know knocking on wood we're 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 back in the mix uh we're everything is awesome yeah. and then uh, i mean this new movie that you are in that's going to be hitting uh exclusively premiering hbo max on july 1st soderbergh this is this the first soderbergh movie you've you've been in ray were you yeah yeah, that was the main reason why I wanted to do it, too, to work with him. He's one of the few directors that cover different genres. Right. And he's just he just knows his stuff and knows what he wants, so it was great working with him. Okay. Any, is there any, any um, uh, connective tissue similarities between him and Scorsese that you can throw out from your experiences, Ray? Well, I think they, when, when they read the script, and they know what it is that that they want. I don't. They don't write shot lists per se, but in their head they know. I'm sure. I, it feels like they're the movie is edited 
uh, in their head as we go along. So what we film, it might not feel complete, but he knows he just wants to use a certain part of it. And uh, in that way, and and Marty too, he does different genres, but they're just they they, they they have a vision and they're very they're involved in every second of, of what's on screen. And uh what direction does he give you, Ray? I mean what what uh how, how does he, you know, communicate with you and, and work on a character like that for a movie like this one set in nineteen fifties well, Detroit? Not not much. He's he's, he's quiet uh, about it. I think he takes his time casting. He he casts people that he feels that are right for the roles. Uh, this isn't exactly new territory for me in terms of what I'm playing. So he just kind of, you know, he he, wor- he, he works behind the camera. He, he's the camera operator. So he sees things in a very unique way. But but uh, he doesn't say much. Marty was the same way. They're, they're not sitting there giving you all kinds of direction as opposed to just letting you go and and seeing what you bring to it. Ray Liotta here on the Rich Eisen Show. A few minutes with the uh, the... Emmy Award-winning actor, No Sudden Move, premiering exclusively on HBO Max on July 1st, uh, directed by Steven Soderbergh. Uh, in the segment we just showed of your last appearance six years ago, you said you've only seen Goodfellas twice. Is that still that number, six years yeah. later? You've still only seen it yeah, twice? I've never seen Field of Dreams either. Come on now. Whoa. All right, now. Yeah. Now, right. You know, if, if we weren't, you know, uh, somebody who know each other uh, for, for this amount of time, those are fighting words to a man like me. Right? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. Those are fighting words. They're what? Those are fighting words to a man like me. <laughs> those are fighting words. <laughs> what do you mean uh, you've, you've never I'm seen? Fight. I've only been in one fight my whole life. What, which, what fight is that, right? What's like that one? In seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's it. Okay. It's true. All right. So, uh, really, was, all right. Um, instead of asking you why have you only seen it once, but how did you come about uh, Field of Dreams? How were you offered the role? Did you know at the time that this was going to be an iconic sports film, Ray? Walk me through that, if you don't mind. Well, you don't know at all. I remember I read it, and that was only my third movie. And I said, this is so silly. This guy. He, he's hearing voices, and he, he's got cornfield, and he makes a baseball field. He removes the corn. I just could at that time because I never wanted to do this stuff. So I wasn't I wasn't like movie aware and, and saw lots of movies. It just kind of happened in college because I didn't want to take math. And so so when I read the script, I just thought it was the silliest, silliest thing. And obviously, I was wrong. So and then you're playing shoeless Joe Jackson coming out of the corn. Um and, uh, yeah. and and going through it, it was how much time do you spend in Iowa for that, Ray? Uh, probably like month and a half. A maybe. month and a, have you ever been back to Iowa? Is that the only time you've? Ago. I was disappointed because during the pan during the pandemic, the Yankees and somebody else were going to have a game yep. in, the, in the field of dreams in Iowa, and that never happened, obviously because of the pandemic. But I was going to go to that. And that would have been really cool. No kidding. You were supposed to go to. You were supposed to. You were yeah. supposed to make an appearance at something like that. For 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 yeah for years. Yeah, it was a regular season game. Right. It wasn't. It wasn't like exhibition. It was a huh. Yeah. No. I mean, absolutely. So so man. So you've never seen it. Would you? I mean, would you're not even curious about seeing Field of Dreams? You're not even curious because everyone talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was just more. It was more of a personal thing. My mom was sick at the time. We sat down to watch it, but she couldn't really 
enjoy yourself. So we left, and I don't know. I just equate it with that. I will someday, maybe. Well, I would. I'd. I'd I love watch myself a lot. Well, I'd love to. I, I. I'd love to watch it with you, Ray. I mean, you know, not to invite myself over to your house, but you know, that would be amazing. That would be something. I'll, I'll do something like that. So, um, all right. So this is a, a fun. This looks like a total blast, like a fun movie that uh, you enjoyed doing when you were on the set. And I, you know, I can't wait to see it, Ray. I know you're at a junket and you got lots going on, but uh, uh, this is this is something I look forward to seeing. And I'd love to have you back here in studio at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's, it's. Thank you. I appreciate that. You got it. Thanks for the call, Ray. You be well. Okay, Rich. Okay, man. You, you got it. That's Ray Liotta, everybody. At Ray Liotta. Right here on the Rich Eisen Show on Instagram. I can't believe he's never seen it. That kind of blew me away. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know he said he, he had some personal things at the time, so maybe he kind of equates it to that, sitting back to watch. But even only seeing Goodfellas twice. That's incredible. Yeah, Chris, I think you were on, uh, you were speaking, so you might not have heard. He did say what you just said. There was, I think that thing with his mom yeah. just kind of made him like, I don't, I don't want to put these two things together. So I kind of explains i mean there were days i would watch those movies twice in the same day like you said like or twice in a week good i mean feel the dreams i can recite beginning to end so i just love that he he remembers uh bashing my uh movie poster with a hammer um <laughs> and again i can't wait to for everybody to see this movie it is just straight up fun soderbergh movie making and the cast is truly incredible. It's just straight up uh, July 1, what you should definitely do to just check out a movie, a nice summer fair, just sit back and enjoy just a, a, a good time. And just seeing Ray Liotta, as he said, it's not a departure, his film role, not a departure for him. Right. <laughs> we'll get Ray back in here in studio at some point and just go right down the old memory lane from, from back there. And here's an interesting thing too, Chris. You know, I don't talk about this sort of stuff uh, a lot on the air, but I'll bring it up again. This movie poster for me means so much. Goodfellas is a top five movie for me all time. And Ray Liotta's performance in it is one of the greatest movie performances I've ever seen. Amazing. Okay. And the, the movie poster being autographed by De Niro, who may be my favorite actor of all time, and Scorsese, who's my favorite director of all time, and Ray Liotta, whose performance may be one of my favorite performances of all time. And then the one, the only, Joe Pesci, autographed by all four. Now, here's the problem. Ray Liotta says his was fake. That's understood. He said he couldn't determine if the other three are fake. We have an autographed boxing glove from Robert De Niro in studio. Doesn't match what's up on that screen. They are not the same. I don't talk about this stuff a lot, Chris, but you know the golf club that I am a member of oh. here in Los Angeles. Yeah, I know who's a member there. Pesci. <laughs> yes. And he's there a lot. Did you bring this up? Not yet. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and the question is, the question is, you know, I'm a new member. Right. I don't know if talking about it even on a show uh, like this Fight is club? like Fight Club. Yeah. I don't know. I might get a letter in my locker. I don't know. I doubt it. But, you know. <laughs> I have a straight line to Joe. Yeah, of course. And I need to take a photograph of his signature on the wall. And at some point, like, do you, do, you, do you just say, hey, I know you're making the turn? Or there are times where I might find myself on the same tee box. I, maybe and just wait until like, after 
Joe's had a couple martinis after. You know I what know, I mean? Like, like, yeah. Now that, that seems now like that a the bar COVID restrictions are lifted. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I've got this right here. I just need to show you something I real quick. I need to quick. show you something real quick. <laughs> do you want to know the answer? Is that- yes, of course I do. Okay. I'm now hoping all four are fake. Don't you think that's better for the story? It's way better for the story. And in terms of just what's way better for the story, it's the same thing where TJ, if he had won the prices Right, it wouldn't have been nearly <laughs> as good as us. Yeah. Continually bringing Continually bringing up the fact that he again. walked out with just a ping pong table and a popcorn machine as opposed to a brand new car or two brand new cars, one from his pricing game, one from his showcase. The two motorcycles. Two, right, two to motorcycles. Telescope. Tele- telescope. Te- There's a telescope yeah. up for grabs? Electric bike too, right? Two electric bikes. Yeah. And a trip to Florida. And a trip to Florida. I mean, that would have been great. I mean, we could have talked <laughs> about like, hey, about that you, one. like, we could have been, hey, have you ridden your electric bike yet? Or, hey, have you gone to Florida yet? No, it's much better to say, you didn't take the middle key. That's why I did it. I did it on purpose. No. No, you didn't. <laughs> I, 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 I'm now hoping that all four are fake. But ha- the, How- All four have to be fake. Actually, probably, you know what it is? Probably one of them is real. I would bet Scorsese is probably real. One of them is real. And somebody said, I'm going to jack up the cost of this thing and I'm going to I'm going to autograph yes. the three stars. And so they looked up online, like, what you know, their signature might look like. I'll never or forget Ray Liotta telling me that it was totally fagazing. Totally fake. <laughs> so were they having a Field of Dreams reunion? Is that what they were having when he said that he was going to go to that? Was that last year? How right? has he never seen Field of Dreams? I don't know, man. I, well, I was maybe one of my favorite movie growing up. It would be so amazing. To, and without getting into this story because it's long and I'm going to name drop, but there is an actor who we all know. I actually got a chance to watch one of his movies with him randomly on TV, mm-hmm. and he gave me like color commentary as the movie went oh, on. Oh, sort of amazing. like when the old DVD set, yeah, like, like having... director's commentary. Right. So imagine being able to sit there with Ray Liotta and just watch this movie. How can we set this? How can we make this? Either one of them would be amazing. I don't know. To watch we know that. we know Ray's people. We could do that. We have to do that. Yeah. Give him some chantix, bring him over. <laughs> How you doing, Hendry? So you watched, you watched. Uh, uh, we'll t- it's a story. You for watched Ted day. with Mila. Is that what it was? <laughs> now, there is a funny story about that, but again, another. Oh, should we keep trying? <laughs> what is the What is the Vegas one with Ashton? That's with Cameron Diaz. I like that movie. I, I I mean, I saw that movie, but yeah. that's not the one. That's, that's not the one, one I'm talking about. Okay. No. <laughs> like I said, I would st- play this game with TJ Jefferson every day, all day. All it's an time. amazing story, and might, and we'll save it for another day. Well, but, you just brought it up that you're very you you have famous yeah, I mean, friends. We and have you saw time. I mean, like what's we, the? It's, you know, like I said, not this is a, it's not. I'm not. It's not about me. This is about Ray Liotta and us wanting to watch Goodfellas and Field of Dreams. Yes, and no sudden move premiering exclusively on HBO Max on July the first with Don Cheadle, Benicio del Toro, David Harbor, John Hamm, Kieran Culkin, Brendan Fraser, Bill Duke, and more. We'll take a break and come back and dive into that whole segment that uh, of uh, of. This, this whole thought process that um, Lewis Riddick threw out there about um, the Washington football team being the best team in the NFC East. I love it. That's coming up next. What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. 
Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Okay, we're back here on the Rich Eisen Show. Um, so this this was a, a Twitter exchange that caught uh, many people's minds, Chris. Um, we'll hit it here and we'll talk about it as well on our yeah, this on is, our this um, radio segment as well. Uh, a reporter for what appears to be, um, he's, he's a print reporter named Lee Sanderlin. I, I don't follow him. He doesn't follow us or the show. But this popped in my timeline. He was in Brandon, Mississippi yeah. at a Waffle House. I, a total loser, came in last place in my fantasy football league. And as punishment, he has to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House, <laughs> but every waffle that he eats shaves an hour off the clock. Right. Daryl was locked into this last night, and I, I was, we were watching Holy Moly, so I wasn't really into it. And then I kind of went back, and I saw the whole thread, and I'm like, my God, this is tremendous. And then he starts you know, reporting about the, the waffles that he eats. and how. So it, it, it turns into like a... A mixture of of you know Gonzo journalism, Hunter S. Thompson style about yeah. a, somebody going into a, a slice of America and living uh, a life and reporting on the experience, um, and then part supersize me, you know, like a little Morgan <laughs> yeah. Spurlock. Like, nice. what happens if you eat McDonald's for a full month? What happens to your body? And 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 so. Because he talks about how the waffles are 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 not sitting well with him, like no, literally. No, 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 right. I mean, he gets deep into uh, everything about this process. Yes, and um, a few a few came back up. Did you see? I don't know if we have. Um, I should have asked beforehand. There he is. They're not looking too good right there. Quick to the bushes outside. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he's saying. Like which where where, where, where did it come out? Like the. Out the top? I think the top, yeah. Okay. I think the top, yeah. Um, and um, did you see? I don't know if we could pull it up, but there was a tweet of his fantasy team. Oh, it was so Terrible. bad. So it, it, bad. It explained why he was in last place. Yeah, That's why he was at the Waffle House, man. Because I'm God, God bless Ben Nygaard, uh, who's been with our show since Jump Street, helping book uh, the, at least definitely the sports guest side of things. Um, Thank you, Ben. He said it was the first time in his long career as a show booker, as a booker for various shows, first time in his long career that he called a Waffle House looking for somebody. We, we, <laughs> we offered Lee to call in. I guess he said he's got to write a piece exclusively for his wow. employer before he comes on this program. But um, congrats to you, sir. And draft better. That's the moral of the story. Draft better. Way better. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. We were just walked through for our Peacock audience, and what many of our radio listeners perhaps were following the thread that popped up yesterday 
uh, of a fantasy football last place finisher being punished by spending, you have to spend 24 straight hours in a Waffle House. He, he's in Brandon, Mississippi. I don't know if he's if he's from there or they just chose, like, you've got to choose a Waffle House in this town, in the state. I don't know if... They his, agreed upon Exactly. The I don't know how yeah, he wound up in this particular Waffle House if it was vetted by the entire group, <laughs> which sounds like that it should be. Like, he shouldn't just choose wherever it's got to be. Does he live in Mississippi? Did he have to take a flight? Did he have to pay oh for God, the flight himself? Imagine. There's so many questions. So many questions. Because clearly, if you finish last in fantasy football, it's on you. Yes. We had Jared Goff on last year. Remember when he was a Los Angeles Ram? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I did. And I so we had him on that. last yeah. year, and he talked about how he was in a fantasy league yeah. where, where somebody had to go to the North Pole Juno, or to, yeah. to Juneau, Alaska, Alaska or something. Yeah. Gnome. No, 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 no. Where the Somewhere in Alaska. Yeah. Right. This is one of the most incredible fantasy football loser stories I've ever heard. This is because a, this he had to spend strange. 24 hours in this Waffle House. However, he didn't have to spend all 24 hours mm-hmm. there. He could spend less time there by consuming waffles. Yeah. Right. He and said I- that each waffle he consumed would shave an hour of his time off. So one, one waffle in, you have to, have to spend 23 hours there. Yeah. Right. So, it just again, I'm not a math guy. If you eat 12 waffles, that means you only have to spend half a day there. Yeah, correct. 12 hours. Correct. What would your strategy be behind this? Because I was thinking about this this morning. Yeah, like, we were talking about like, would that. Would you go for the gusto right away? Would you maybe hang out for an hour or two so you work up an appetite? Well, I would fast going yeah. in. Right. I wouldn't eat for a long time going in. He started at four in the afternoon, which I feel well, might have been Well, the thing is, like, I wouldn't have anything to eat until four in the afternoon. So the first, you know, waffle of- would be like the greatest delicacy on planet yeah, Earth. Yeah, it would yeah. be the greatest, you know, but would you go double medium stack, rare fillet maybe, maybe that's out there? Four right away to try to you know get it down to twenty. Oh, absolutely. And then just kind of what, like maybe one an hour until you're out of there. I don't know because I'm watching this guy go through it, and I'm thinking to myself, this can't miserable. be that tough. You know, it can't be that tough. I don't know how you could only eat four waffles in an hour and a half. I mean, they are kind of big though. Four waffles in ninety minutes, and again, like I said, that this was this was it kind of like. Hot. This was kind of like, um, again, I, 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 I'm, this is paying a writer the ultimate compliment. Hunter S. Thompson created, in many ways, gonzo journalism, yeah, where like basically this, right? he would go and have an experience and then write about it. He would just write a book about it, right? Or he'd write a Rolling Stone article about it. Yeah, exactly. He would have an experience and he would write about it, you know? Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is one of the greatest gonzo journalism pieces of all time. Right. Then he covered a presidential election. I think it was the 72 presidential election that he covered. And then he just would talk about who he met and what his, you know, and then what drugs he took. And, and it was every single read that he made was incredible. This was kind of like that. Like if Twitter existed, Hunter S. Thompson would have the greatest Twitter account of all time. Like his real time. So I, I saw it was kind of like a gonzo journalism piece meets the, the documentary supersize me. Like what happens when you eat crap food? All due respect to the Waffle House. <laughs> but don't finish last in this league, man. Nope. Waffle House tweeting out, sounds like someone won his fantasy football <laughs> league, not lost. Well done at Waffle House with a blue check mark. Well done. Well, well done. done. Well done. Well done. Very well done. Did you, your guys' leagues do stuff like this for last 
place? No, we don't. And it's funny. We we don't do that. We don't do that in our league. Uh, we we only we just have like a toilet bowl. So like. No, it's just you, your 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 league just punishes everybody by having no time limits, <laughs> right? Seriously, honestly, I into that honestly, one. you did walk into I that one. Into that honestly, one. this guy ate more waffles in an hour and a half, four, than sometimes picks are chosen in an hour and a half in your fantasy league. <laughs> not far off, right? Not, not far right? off. Like sometimes you can go an hour and a half in your fantasy league draft, and there's only been four picks, and this guy consumed. As many Waffle House waffles in that time period. Not uh, not far off. Yeah. At any rate. <laughs> uh, Lee Sanderlin, whenever he's ready to appear on this show, we've invited him to come on to talk Shout about it. Shout out to experience. that guy. The Washington football team, Lewis Riddick says, is the team to beat in the NFC East. I agree with him. I said that. I said that a few weeks ago, too. I said that a few weeks ago, too. I said that a few weeks ago. The way that defense played last year, yeah. the way that they would put you on your ass, there were no yards after catch with them. They would get you and they'd put you down. They could tackle, they could play. Del Rio had those guys, you know, helmets to the ball, and they had them putting people down. And Chase Young can win defensive player of the year. And if they make you grind it out, and if they, say, give up only two, three touchdowns, Let's say they give up two touchdowns in Philadelphia. Excuse me, 17 points. Fitzpatrick, Mr. Mr. 400, 500 yards with Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson, right? Offense is Just stacked, to name man. a few. Offense is loaded. It's just do you believe in Fitzpatrick for more than, more than know, four, four, five, five games. six weeks? And that's like that. this man's challenge. That's this man's challenge. His challenge is got to be, I've gotten to this point in my career. I've had a successful career. He has had a successful career. The fact that he's still doing it is remarkable. The fact that he's still doing it at this age and performing as he is doing is remarkable. And it is terrific. And we do, you know, we just went moments ago over this guy who, Finished last in his fantasy football league, sitting in a Waffle House, and his his Twitter timeline goes uh, viral yesterday, talking about eating waffles as penance for being the worst fantasy football team in his league. This is a fantasy football world, so Ryan Fitzpatrick in this fantasy football world is more well known than ever before, and is more beloved than ever before, and he does have a certain style and panache and flair that people flock to, not just in his own locker room, but from television sets. And the way that he lives his life, it's fun. He has fun. My gosh, it's fun. It's so much fun. He looks like he's having fun. And he's got more chest hair sometimes than he does on his beard. And he shows it off during press conferences and putting on glasses. And his whole cosplay is next level. But for his next level, it's got to be sustainable. It's got to be. Boy, what an opportunity for him at the end of his career. For somebody who's only gotten opportunities when people have gotten hurt and that football God seemed to keep allowing this man to have opportunity knocking on this door and he has always put himself in a position to answer that door when opportunity knocks. Put those things together. He's gotten to this point in his career. But now, 
Forget about when he was the starter in Buffalo or the Jets when he was with them and had a a season that was on the brink of a playoff spot until he threw a ton of interceptions in Buffalo one day. Forget about when he had his opportunity with the Texans or <laughs> with the Rams or with just, I mean, go on and on and on. Miami and on. last year. Right. Forget about that. This is his best chance. This right here. A defense that is young and ready to roll. And two speed burners from the Ohio State at his disposal and a running game at his disposal. And a tight end who is ascending in Logan Thomas, former quarterback, at his disposal. And Gibson isn't the only running back that's there in that running back room. And a coach who knows how to win, two-time coach of the year and a defending division champ. That's why I understand Dak is coming back and they do have Amari Cooper and Gallup and CeeDee Lamb and Zeke and Tony Pollard if you want to talk about the rest of the room running back room and they have that and they have a new new, uh, uh, head of their defense new defensive coordinator and Dan Quinn who's going to rah-rah the hell out of that team and they're going to play better defensively. But I do believe Washington's got the best chance to win this division. It's theirs to lose. I would agree with that assessment. And on top of it, don't sleep on a team that almost won the division last year. I'm going to say it. The New York Giants. Next week, we're going to have a segment about football shrug emojis. You know who's a football shrug emoji? The New York football Giants are a football shrug emoji. They've got Saquon coming back from a knee injury. They've got the best number one free agent wide receiver chose the Giants and vice versa. Yep. And Kenny Galladay. Okay. They have Evan Ingram, who everyone is waiting to become, to join the Kittle, Kelsey. That guy. Group. So frustrating. Everybody <laughs> says he's got that ability to be one of the best tight ends in the business and join the conversation as one of the best, most versatile tight ends in the business. Right? Yeah, absolutely. The rest of the wide receiver room also has a rookie in it, in Kadarius Tony. What if he's got Justin Jefferson-type impact? What if he's got that sort of big play ability impact? Sterling Shepard. It's man. all uh, right. And good, good players, man. And, right. So yeah. put it all together with a defense that was beginning to gel and a head coach that clearly was having his selling bought last year. Never know about that. You got the Eagles, too. I don't mean to just leave them as the hanging chad there, but new head coach, and I got to see what they're doing. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that they have no shot in this division. It still is the NFL, but it's Washington's. And 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 it is Washington's. Laugh all you want. Yeah, I'm, go- I'm going to laugh because this is a thirty, soon to be thirty nine year old journeyman quarterback. So what? so what? But we're praising Tom Brady, like we're saying that like forty. No one gets to that point. So you're saying Ryan Fitzpatrick at almost forty is going to be able to? Why not? Li- because he's shown no. I mean, when has he ever done this? When has he ever done what? Gone from week one to week seventeen. And won as many games. Yeah, I mean, he's won he's, more he's, games he's than he's played lost. Sixteen games, three times or twice in his I entire know. career. I know. That's why he's got to whatever he's doing, calibrate it in just a certain way. I don't know what that is or how you can do it. 
if he does that, stays healthy, doesn't, like maybe it's like two or three times a game, you see that window and you go, yeah, maybe not. Live for the next down. Live for the next down. Yeah, maybe not. I mean, he is who he is. <laughs> I know that. I know, and I know that he's got to this point, but man, do they have it all set up for the and look, let's be honest. This would be the this would be the spot that would put Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. This would be the spot. Forget about Denver. This is the spot that would put Aaron Rodgers in the Super Bowl. But there's no way the Packers trade him into in in conference. Not a shot in the world. You don't like that? You don't like Aaron Rodgers with Washington? Let's be honest here. You want to talk about a veteran hand that would take this team to the Super Bowl and win it all? Like, this is the version of Tampa. You know, and I know Evans and Godwin were Pro Bowl receivers, but, but, and McLaurin and Samuel, what have they done? You know, I, I, you know, I know that. But this is the team that I think Rodgers could come in and boom, take it to a very deep run. But there's no chance the Packers trade him in conference. And there's no chance the Packers trade Rodgers before the season. No chance in that. I don't believe there's any chance of that. I really don't. Because why would they trade him to a place except the draft choices now? And they know they'll spend the entire season watching the draft choice that they acquired for Rodgers get worse and further away down the clock because Rodgers is going to make them a better team. Denver last year with Drew Locke chose top 10. This year with Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, maybe they'll choose anywhere between the cusp of top 10 to the middle of the first round. Give them Aaron Rodgers, see ya. That's part of the reason why the Packers are like, yeah, we'll, we'll just not pay a salary, keep that money, pocket it, we wanted to get to Jordan Love right around now. Anyway, it's probably a year earlier than we wanted, but that's the way it goes. And then Rodgers, we'll see you. You know, we'll trade you next offseason when we'll send you to a team that we know is going to be choosing where they choose because that's set in stone. Which is why I don't think they'll trade him before the season. But I'm kind of taking everything that we talked about at the top of this hour and taking it to the end of this hour that I do believe the Washington football team is winning this division or has the best chance to win this division and it is theirs to lose because they are set up and have a veteran quarterback whose time may be now if he can somehow calibrate his game to be more sustainable than we've seen throughout his career. But this is the spot that if Rodgers showed up in, he could have his Brady-type year in 2021 that Brady had in 2020. But that is fantasy. Is mere fantasy that's a, similar to what put that dude in the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> DeForest Buckner, Luke Wilson, and Martin Sheen. How about that for an hour three grab bag? Coming up. What's going on? What's going on at uh, the uh, the United States oh, Open? There's a, there's a Richard yeah. Bland at the top of the... Uh, Old Richie Bland is four under today. Tell me more about this Richard Bland, Christopher. (laughs) Well, tell me more about this. He's uh, he's English. Dickie Bland is what you call him. Dick Bland. Uh, Old Dickie Bland. Is is he? He's English. He's English. Yeah. So that's why he goes as Richard, or he could go as old Old Dick Bland. 
He old dick boy. I, I'm not sure what he prefers. I remember Carl Ravitch used to re- refer to, and Carl and I think DP used to refer to the old Indians pitching coach Dick Pole as Richard Pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they used to refer to him as Richard Pole. He has six birdies today, two bogeys. Bogeyed 18, which is uh, a lot of guys are. Uh, Scoring nicely at that hole. Well, you said DeChambeau. DeChambeau eagled. Eagled 18? But I'm seeing out there in a featured group right now. Is he still playing? Uh, He started on the back. back. He started on the back today. He's just such a big dude. He's three under today. One under for the tournament. Oh, and a nice shot off the hill, and he's he's on the green. Well done. That was a beautiful play right there. Look at that. All right. The cut line right now projected at plus two, which would leave some big names on the outside. What do you got for you? Who are those big names on the uh, outside? Hideki Matsuyama, your Masters champion, is five over today through 11. He's going to have to get it going. Victor Hovland, Tony Finau currently over. Dustin Johnson, four over today through 10. He is struggling as well. Phil is four over. He does not tee off until 136 local time. Uh, Spieth is five over, though he's one under today, so he's going to have to get it going on the back as well. Some of these shots look like the um, the Open Championship. I've never the played, British Open, as I called it. I've as never a kid. played Tory Pines, so but I, I, but, I, but you know you see you see you know uh, how overcast it is. Yeah, big time, right? Big time. But I'm beginning to see uh, the marine layers burning off. The June gloom's going away. This course is playing Here very long. I think it's go. playing 7,800 yards, which is Father's a Day monster. weekend coming up. Monster for you. So All right, so that's what we'll talk about as well in hour three. You said, do I defend my title mm-hmm. of best dad ever? Best dad ever, yeah. Okay. I've got two cents on that I mean, I feel like now. I've had a pretty good year. I'm just saying. <laughs> really? <laughs> Brooklyn. You want to go? Are we, we could go resume to resume. I mean, I've kept him alive. I think that's a huge win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. That was her biggest job right there. Yeah. Know? Well, that is job one. That is job one. That's I would job, agree. That's, that's job, job one. Job one. <laughs> of parenting, yes. That's job one. Rule number one, keep them alive. There's about a million other jobs that I think he's <laughs> failing at, but we'll talk about it.